Is it Groundhog Day? Because the Twins keep losing the same exact game over and over and over. So let's talk about it. This is Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, hey, what do you say? Thanks for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. And of course, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, which is your team every day. Reminder too, please be active in the comments on YouTube. Feel free to give us a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you can give us five stars. We would greatly appreciate it. If you like the show, Tell your friends. If you don't, feedback is welcome because we'd love to make this the best version of itself. Also, too, we ask, we answer questions, easy for me to say, asked by the fans on almost every episode. We're not going to get to any in this one. But again, don't hesitate to ask either in the comments on YouTube, on Twitter, DMs, whatever it takes. Send in those comments because we love to answer questions. And two, Locked On Twins Breathless Post Game Minute as soon as possible after every single game. With some exceptions, like if it's West Coast and I fall asleep early, which does not happen that often, but every now and then we slip up. But we'll do some pregame ones too. We'll just keep an eye on if there's interest. Twins play the Giants in the opener on Monday at Target Field. You got a 641st pitch. Bailey Ober is going to face the opener, John Brebia, who is opening for the 14th time in his career. He's done a very good job at it, I might add. Sub one ERA in his previous 13 appearances. You can catch every pitch of every Twins hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Twins. And we're just going to dive right in because the last game was excessively frustrating. I don't think I'm recreating the wheel here, reinventing the wheel. Dropping two of three to both Los Angeles teams after taking two of three from the Padres and Cubs, it just, it leaves a weird taste. And they just, the Twins just keep losing the same exact game. Let me paint a picture for you. So Twins lose 4-2 to the Angels on Sunday. It's getaway day. Shohei Otani is good. I don't know if I'd call him elite. Lots of strikeouts, but the Twins did enough to have a chance to beat him. I mean, you know you know what? They had one run and two hits. So the Twins got more to the bullpen than um, maybe otherwise I had, had realized. But Pablo Lopez was good, kept the Twins in the game. And then this offense, though, just... It, it continues to be uh, a recurring problem that this offense takes an early lead or keeps the game close, but leaves no margin for error for this pitching staff, which is pitching its guts out, absolute guts out. And the Twins offense, which should be good. I mean, if you look at the personnel, this should be a pretty good offense, right? And it just over and over and over again, these failures that... Uh, and a lot of them are situational. I don't necessarily like the idea of calling baseball situational because I'm not a big fan of making out for a base, that sort of thing, because I think when you invite failure into your mind as a positive outcome, that's that's not a good way to play baseball. 
like, oh, I'm going to make an out. If, or actually, it's think of it this way runner on second, nobody out. If I'm up there at the plate saying I either need to get a hit or make an out to the right side, I feel like that eliminates the left side of the field for your swing. And it makes you vulnerable. It makes you limiting your positive outcomes to making an out, which I think should never be your focus, or not hitting the ball to, let's say, your lefty to the opposite field. Um, to me, that just doesn't jive. I know that it's a it's as old as time, tenet of the game. But to me, I can't be at the plate thinking base hit or this kind of out. To me, that's that's counterproductive. So in those situations, though, it's the, the frustration stems from, and, and it seems like especially when the bases are loaded, it goes uh, wild swing at the first pitch, taking one right down the middle for the second pitch. And I tweeted this. And then the third pitch is three inches outside and the, the twin sitter gets rung up. And I don't know how much longer this this can keep happening before someone absolutely flips out. And again, you know, people want Rocco to be more uh, fiery. And again, I don't I don't think that's necessarily the the approach that needs to happen here because if it's not who he actually is, it's just eyewash and it's not genuine. And players are smart enough to see that that's not who Rocco really is. So. I, I don't necessarily need to see him blow up, but at the same time, too, um, you know, he may have to come out and kind of assert himself and, you know, probably probably get thrown out of a game. We'll see. But um, just way too many calls, way too many of these umpire report cards after the game that are, uh, you know, maybe not always that many runs in favor of the other team. But the 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 diagram, the strike zone diagram where it shows missed calls, you'll have seventh inning, 3-0 pitch to Correa called a strike, and it's not in the strike zone. That 3-0 auto strike drives me crazy. And then you let the pitcher back into the count. Correa's already struggling, so he's pressing to get out of it instead of taking the walk that he has been given, that he has earned. Then 3-1, he's forced to get back into the count mentally, which... He's not out of the count mentally as much as it is just the pendulum swings again toward the pitcher. Then it's invariably a 3-1 foul and a 3-2 fringe pitch that either he can't trust, he won't get rung up on, so he's going to hit a weak grounder somewhere or strike out. Um, it's just it's a messed up way that things are going for the Twins right now. And again, I'm not going to sit here and point fingers at umpires and say it's all umpires. This offense has been absolutely dreadful. We can go over some numbers here. Top three of the Twins order. So whether it's Max Kepler, Buxton, Correa, Joey Gallo, Donovan Solano against lefties, whoever. The top three are hitting an MLB low 222. Now, again, that's Correa struggling. That's Buxton running hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold. And now, you know, I haven't seen the lineup yet for Monday night, but I suspect he's not in it. We'll see. Hopefully he is. Um, but like I said, every bases loaded situation seems to be the same. Swing at a bad pitch, take one right down the middle, and then take one that's off the plate that gets called a strike. When the Twins are ahead, they have a 791 OPS this season. That's seventh in MLB. When they're down, it drops to 696, 19th. In the seventh inning and later, it's an even 700, which is 16th. In the eighth and later, 22nd at 627. 
And in the ninth and later, so including extras, 567, which is 27th. So the later they go in the game, the worse they get. Now, again, this isn't surprising based on how modern bullpens are built. Obviously, you're not going to hit as well working through the Twins bullpen when it's, let's just say, Pagan in the sixth, Thielbar in the seventh, Jackson in the eighth, Duran in the ninth. In theory, it gets progressively harder, right? So the numbers are going to come down. So what we really need to focus on here is ranks across MLB and the fact that it gets down to 22nd in the eighth inning and later and 27th in the ninth or later. The, 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 the approaches just go out the window when the heat turns up. And again, what's strange is, so if you look at their OPS with the bases loaded, and this has become a running gag and not a good one. Like it's not, a, it's a running joke in the sense that it's, it's a joke, but it's not ha ha funny twins five for 43 with the bases loaded a buck 16 average 289 OPS. They do not have any extra base hits with the bases loaded. Meanwhile, teams like uh, Tampa Bay has four grand slams. Texas has four grand slams. The Dodgers have six. I believe it was five when they played the twins. So they've continued to absolutely mash the baseball. But the weird thing here is because with runners in scoring position, the Twins have a very, very good OPS. They are third in MLB with an 871. So what's the difference? First base, runners in scoring position versus... Basically, if it boils down to a runner on first base, I think this is the curse of Luis Arise. Because who is always on first base? Who only hits, for the most part, singles? Now, again, you know I'm in favor of the Pablo Lopez trade, and I'm not being 100% serious here. But those two numbers don't jive. A 200-something OPS with the bases loaded, 871 with runners in the scoring position. Those two things just don't add up. Let's take a second to talk about eBay Motors. eBay Motors... It's kind of a fun new deal that we're going with, ebaymotors.com. For a championship team, it's all about making sure that every player is a perfect fit, and it's the same thing when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay's guaranteed fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to the My Garage section and look for the green check to know the part will fit or you get your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, that's right, 122 million, you'll be back in the game in no time. So after all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. The guaranteed fit is available only to U.S. customers. Eligible items exclusions do apply. We're going to break down these Giants, but I got a couple more thoughts in my head about this Twins team right now. So I didn't record last night as I had initially hoped because I wanted some time to kind of come down from the disappointment of Sunday's game. Again, an imminently winnable game that the Twins just flushed. In the meantime, Cleveland Guardians get swept in a doubleheader against the Mets, fall to 20 and 26. They're now a full game behind Detroit and only two games ahead of Chicago, who, after a disastrous start 
is only six and a half out, but still 10 games under 500. The point there is that even though these teams are still fairly far in the rearview mirror, these are valuable instances and chances for the Twins to push ahead in a weak division. We mentioned their Pythagorean record before. And if you're not familiar with Pythagorean record, basically it boils down to this. Runs scored, runs allowed, and then you extrapolate it out to how many games you would expect to win and lose based on run differential. The Twins would be 28-19 and 19 based on that. Now, again, you have to win those games. You have to take advantage. They're not doing that right now. But if they were 28-19, and 19, they would have a six-and-a-half game lead in the division. They would have a seven-and-a-half game lead on Cleveland and a nine-and-a-half game lead on Chicago. So that's where the frustration comes from for me. It's not that the game of baseball doesn't lend itself to, you know, you're not going to win every game. There's going to be letdowns. There's going to be mistakes. But the same ones over and over again are certainly frustrating. And I get that from a fan point of view. I don't consider myself a fan since I started covering the team. Although I think I'm maybe trending more toward that direction again, because I mean, I'm not covering games. I'm not answering to anybody from a, a PR standpoint. So I, I don't know. I really don't have to pretend I'm, I'm all that serious, but I haven't lived and died with twins games in about, I don't know, 12, 13 years. So these games though, they're still tough. You know, you, the next day is the great lesson with baseball is that the next day and the bad vibes only go until the next game. Now, if you're a lousy team, they continue to go, right? But you look at the rest of this division, and like it's a, it's a dueling dichotomy in the sense that, yeah, the Twins stink right now, and they're not they're they're losing valuable, precious time to keep moving forward. But at the same time, these teams aren't necessarily breathing down their neck. In May. The Tigers have played 17 games. The Twins and Guardians have played 18. And the White Sox and Royals have played 19. The Tigers have the best record at 10 and 7. So 588 winning percentage. Again, not going to blow anybody away. White Sox are second at 579 with an 11 and 8. Twins third, 8 and 10 at a 444. Which again, 8 and 10 based on the vibes around this team and how fans feel. I think it's surprisingly better than I may have expected. Also, too. Four and eight on the road, four and two at home. They're coming home for six games here, I believe, for the homestand before they get back out on the road. So who knows? Maybe they can bump that back over 500 for the month and chip away at another solid month. But all in all, they've dropped two and a half games in the standings to the White Sox. They've dropped two and a half games in the standings to the Tigers. And they've actually gained a game on the Guardians, and they've gained a game and a half on the Royals. So for as frustrating as this stretch has been, and I don't want to diminish that, they they haven't allowed these teams to, by leaps and bounds, catch up. There's still plenty of hope that through the offense coming back to speed, this pitching staff continuing to do what they've done to some scale, that there's not going to be as, uh, as significant of a drop-off maybe as people still think is possible beyond this 8-10 and 10 stretch. In May. Also, too, um, this bad offense leaves no room for a bullpen. It's struggling a little bit right now. I mean, 
Griffin Jacks is number one with a bullet as far as the struggles go. But Jorge Lopez has had these small moments here and there. Joan Duran, small moments here and there. And when those are your three big guys, that's that's tough. And again, too, these guys don't need us telling them that. I'm not trying to get into their minds and say, hey, quit swinging at this stuff. This is just my assessment from 30,000 feet. I see a team swinging at too many 2-0 breaking balls in the dirt. Like, what is your approach there? 3-1 fastball in on your hands or in on your shins. What's the approach there? You know what I mean? And I think that that's just uh, – it's just the – basic simple baseball stuff that even people like me can figure out and i don't see it being executed properly and again this is not me saying hey the hitting coach needs to be fired these guys need to be held accountable by put down in the order i mean it's not unreasonable to say carlos correa could be moved down in the order i'm not going to fight anybody with that tooth and nail but again i'm not going to also have i don't have that level of hubris necessary to say I can't believe they're not doing this. If I can see this, how can they not? It's it's not like that. It's just, it's frustrating to see from this standpoint because I look at these teams talent-wise and I don't see a team better than the Twins in this division. And honestly, I don't see one that's close. And I, I thought the Twins had more talent than they showed last year too. At some point, maybe there's something I'm just missing. But I see this is a talented team. There is no reason for their top third of the order to be the worst in MLB batting average-wise. It just it, it doesn't add up to me. But anyway, we'll talk about these Giants here. Again, thanks for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. If you're an everydayer, make sure you check back tomorrow, Tuesday, and we'll have a, a breakdown of Monday's game. Uh, knock on wood, a Twins win, but you know, we'll see what happens. You can catch that game. They're playing the Giants at Target Field on Monday. It's a 6:40 first pitch. Bailey Ober climbs the mound against the opener, John Brebia. You can catch every pitch of the Twins' hometown broadcast with Corey and Danny with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Twins. It's super easy to find. All right, let's talk about these Giants, though. They've won five of their last six against Philly and Miami. I believe they swept, swept Philly. Excuse me. And then dropped, but before that, dropped three or four to Arizona. So in a word, inconsistent. They come in 22 and 24. Um, there are some familiar faces. We'll pull up roster resource. Again, we're going to keep plugging roster resource until maybe someday they give us a sponsorship deal or maybe a, a couple t-shirts or something like that. I don't even know if such a thing exists, but um, twins are going to see Brebia. And again, as the opener. Alex Cobb and Anthony Desclafani. We'll have some numbers on those guys as well. But against a righty, this is kind of what you expect to see is Lamont Wade up top, former twin, uh, Tyro Estrada, J.D. Davis, Michael Conforto, Mitch Hanniger, Mike Yastrzemski, Casey Schmidt, a rookie who's been blazing hot for the start of his career, Blake Sable behind the plate, and then Brandon Crawford, obviously a familiar face if you've been watching baseball for a few years at short. Um, they'll mix and match with Wilmer Flores too, but in general, you're going to see most, if not all of these guys on a semi-regular basis. Um, this is, this is a team that's not really built for contending in the NL West, but I think you've been able to say that before in previous seasons where they've not only contended, but 
won the World Series. The overlay or the layout of this team is they don't strike anybody out. Their relievers have an immensely high ERA. They're 28th in MLB with a 5-2-2. Um, negative strikeout batting or negative strikeout differential, negative batting differential, batting average, um, negative hit differential. Opponents hitting 262 against them, which is among the best for opponents, worst for them. Fielding percentage is not good. They don't steal bases that much. And so they don't stop the run game either. The things they're good at, and there's not that many because they're they're just pretty blah. Um, their starting pitchers have a 3.57 ERA, which is sixth. They can pop the ball out of the ballpark. Sixth in MLB with 65 homers. And they do have 15 saves as a team, which is third. So they're winning some of the tight games. But, you know, at the same time, I don't know that that's uh, a big endorsement for a team two games under 500. We'll come back to these guys because we're going to talk about them in May. But I want to talk about So Rare first. We've been talking about So Rare for quite a while now. It's just an absolutely phenomenal game that we've partnered with. It's a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from all 30 MLB teams. And with brand ambassadors like Juan Soto and Julio Rodriguez, it's hard to imagine a more exciting pair of young players than those two. And they're featured you know, everywhere you see the ads, everywhere you see the commercials. I believe both are featured in a commercial on television right now. But... It's a little different than fantasy baseball. You get your cards, you can collect, buy, sell, you compete against others and their cards against global opponents. And the prizes, the prizes are incredible. They use the word epic, and I think that really sums it up. And win or lose, it doesn't cost you anything. So you keep your cards, your digital cards, and there's no risk. The more you win, the more you advance. They play uh, three and four game cycle, three and four day cycles twice a week. So three the first cycle four for the second and at the end of the week you get kind of ranked and then you can win prizes based on where you finish it's a lot of fun stuff you get scarce cards game tickets merchandise jerseys and vip experiences like meeting major league players so again very cool stuff all you have to do though is head to so rare.com slash locked on that's spelled so rare just like it sounds s-o-r-a-r-e.com to draft your team of free player cards set your lineup and start competing today to win epic rewards again that's so rare.com slash locked on you can start playing today we're going to come down the home stretch here i do have one thing i want to talk about that we'll we'll get to after we finish breaking down the giants um hopefully the twins break down the giants with uh some stellar play in this series but in may the guys that have been hot that were that, you know that you're going to want the twins to watch out for Casey Schmidt has only played 12 big league games, but a 979 OPS. Blake Sable behind the plate has been pretty good with an 847. And then Lamont Wade Jr. has been walking nonstop. He's the perfect fixture atop the order. Um, he's been playing first base, which strikes me as a little odd, but they're they're fairly strong in the outfield when Mitch Hanniger is healthy. So it's not it's not earth shattering. Brandon Belt leaving his big shoes to fill, but since he was hurt so often, is it really? Uh, but Lamont has commanded the strike zone. He's popped a few homers. 
and in May is hitting 278 with a 418 on base and a 407 slugging. So that rarely seen on base higher than slugging. JD Davis has been pretty good. Michael Conforto kind of seems to be finding his swing. Um, guys to watch out for. Uh, Tyro Estrada has been um, very, very uh, solid at getting on base for them this year. Lots of hits. I think he's one of only, I think it was five or six instances that a a Giants hitter had at least 50 hits in the first 44 games of the season. So he's a pest up there at the top of the order. Uh, not a lot of star power on this team. Pitching staff-wise, the Twins are, like we said, going to see um, Alex Cobb and Anthony Desclafani. Missing out on Logan Webb kind of seems like a pretty good deal here. Webb has made four starts in May with a 1-3-0 ERA. So he's been absolutely nasty, uh, recipient of a new contract extension right around the time Pablo Lopez signed. But with that said, Cobb has been nasty, 17 two-thirds innings this month with a 102 ERA, Desclafani in 25 and a third as a 3-5-5. So it's not as though the Twins are getting a break necessarily. Actually, you know what? Uh, up-to-date lineup, which is um, Buxton in there at DH. You know what? We're back. We move. So um, that's good to see. And Alex Kirilov, the order is going to be Julianne Correa, Kirilov, Buxton Farmer, Castro, Solano, Taylor, Vasquez, with uh, big tall man Bailey Ober climbing the bump. So uh, good to see Byron Buxton back. My initial inclination was that he wouldn't be playing, but um, onward and upward. Now, uh, with that said, too, um, you know, some of the bullpen guys out there, Camilo Doval has been awesome. He's 11 appearances this month, nine saves. He's allowed one earned run with 16 strikeouts in 10 and two-thirds innings. So he's been absolutely phenomenal. Jacob Junis has a buck 86 ERA. Um, Tyler Rogers, one, 1.0 ERA, just one earned in nine innings. Now, with that said, um, Taylor Rogers has been better of late. Uh, only five innings pitched this month. He is not having a very good season, though. If if you have not gotten a look at Taylor Rogers, who has has fallen down this depth chart right now, roster resource has him fourth on this bullpen hierarchy. But he has a 5.14 ERA, a 6.72 FIP, 5.8 walks per nine, and 1.93 homers per nine. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I think the Twins are going to hit a big homer off him in this series. All right. Um, I want to make sure we touch on something I read in the athletic today. Uh, and then we'll let you, let you get out of here. Again, a reminder, it's Brebbia and Bailey Ober at target field Monday night, six forty. Um, again, you can get the hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. All you gotta do is look for twins. We have a commercial on there too, encouraging you to come listen to us since you're already doing that. We appreciate it. Now, the article that dropped today, and I, I'm always uncertain about how to handle paywall articles if you're going to talk about them, because you don't want to give away the gist of them. You, I believe in paywalls, especially for the athletic, when there's really not that many ads, if any at all. Um, they do have some of the ads from our friends, though, so you can check that out. Um, Ken Rosenthal breaks down managers and where they stand in terms of are they safe, are they not? And so I think the widespread belief is that Rocco Baldelli's on an expiring deal, which 
this article seems to suggest that he's not. He's uh, He's got options. His contract would have, in theory, been up after last year with multiple club options. And he's through... Uh, before last season, the Twins exercised those options. So he's through at least 2025. There are a lot of people asking, is he going to be fired? And I think what happens is you see the difference of the amount of... I don't like using the term leash because I know baseball people hate it. But runway. Let's talk about runway. Paul Molitor was fired after going 78 and 84. Rocco Baldelli, on the other hand, went 78 and 84 and is in no danger. That's the difference when you are the hand-picked manager from a front office. And so when people say, oh, you got to fire Baldelli, you got there is no chance that is happening anytime soon. You can get it out of your heads. You take it out of your lexicon. You do not need to bring it up because it's just not going to happen. And that's that. Gabe Kapler, on the other hand, is going to be an interesting case, too. I, I know Gabe a little bit. Um, I've always enjoyed talking baseball with him. I, I was bummed when he got snapped up by the Dodgers, then the Phillies, and now the Giants, and taken out of the public sector because he was doing some fun stuff on Fox Sports. But He's signed through next year, and so it sounds as though he and then Farhan Zaidi, the uh, the president of baseball operations, they're kind of a similar deal with Rocco and Falvey and Levine, where it's just kind of you know synergy. Um, so I don't know. It seems like they're pretty much on the same page there too. I thought maybe Kaplan would be on a little shakier ground just because the team's not performing right now, but. I think he's regarded as a pretty good baseball guy, pretty good X's and O's guy. And so for that reason, you know, things went south in Philly, but they went south with the next guy too. And then it wasn't until Robbie Thompson or Rob Thompson, excuse me, took over when things really took footing. So sometimes it's just a bad fit. Sometimes team just needs a new voice. Uh, And I don't think that's the case with either of these teams. But again, forget about Rocco getting fired because it's not going to happen. All right, we'll come back. Hopefully we'll talk. We'll either do it after tonight's game tonight or sometime tomorrow. But again, if you're an everydayer, we appreciate you more than you could even know. You can come hang out with us in the comments on YouTube. You can leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It bumps us up those charts. You know how important those charts are to show where you rank and for all that fun stuff. So that's a wrap, though. Thanks for hanging out with us. We will catch you on the flip side. You can follow at Locked on Twins at Brandon underscore Warren. And again, subscribe, like, give us a five-star review, subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on podcast platforms. If you like the show, tell your friends. If you do not, please let me know. I want to make it the very best version it can be. But with that said, this is Brandon Warren signing off saying thank you so much, and we'll see you tomorrow.